And many people are shocked by that. And, and like the United States, the majority of folks will, will say if you press them on religious affiliation, well, I'm Christian. But in terms of actually um, living out a life in Christ, you know, by being engaged with a church and a community and sharing your faith with others and growing in terms of your discipleship, you know, less than 5%. Um, and that's a, that's, that's a huge decline um, pretty much since um, the World Wars. That's when that decline started to happen and, and it's just accelerated. And as a result, you're seeing um, a, a lot of devastation in the more traditional mainline churches, Church of Scotland and Free Church and some others, um, and a real struggle to keep up with the decline. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Communitas podcast. I am joined again today by Joy Preston, and we are welcoming a dear friend of ours and a person who's been working very closely with Communitas for the last number of months, and that is Craig Sumi. Uh, Craig, so welcome. We're, we're so glad to be with you today. Oh, it's good to be here. Hey, good to be with you guys. Right on. Craig, we go back a ways. I, I think I did the math. Oh, yeah. It's maybe 12 years, maybe even think, more. Uh, it's definitely been 10 for sure. Yeah. For sure, 10. Um, yeah, we met in Coeur d'Alene. So I was a pastor of First Presbyterian Church in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. And uh, you had just kind of gotten the call to uh, the um, sending to start Cairo. And so you were doing that. Right. And we met through kind of a mutual acquaintance and hit it off like immediately. It's like, yeah, this is a good dude. We we are on the same wavelength. And that journey just continued. Our church got to partner with Cairo for yeah. a season, which was incredibly fruitful, at least for us. Um, we shared an intern. Um, yeah. And you and I just, we would just grab a, a time to to talk every once in a while. And then you helped me with my sabbatical project too. You were on my advisory team and and you were a big help with that a uh, ton of fun ton of yep. fun and you know the gift of enduring friendship is is really cool oh too. yeah you never uh, know what's going to take you you never know it's so <laughs> interesting because there was a there was a minute there where i was kind of drawing closer and closer and closer to the presbyterian world especially through some yeah. of my schooling and we started kind of, you know, dreaming and scheming about, well, what would it look like for us to work together under this banner? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's fun. I mean, we're still working together, of course, and, and you've been a big part of helping us plan some new initiatives uh, in Communitas. So the paths still cross, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, Craig, for those of our listeners who maybe don't know you as well or a bit about your background, um, give us... Give us your overview of like where are you today? What are you doing? How did you get yourself there? But also be sure to kind of highlight some of the um, missional theology that uh, is so present for you and some of your even church planting background. Yeah, um, well, that's a lot. I'll try to keep it as condensed <laughs> as I can. Big um, question. Yeah. Take two hours. I, uh, essentially, I've been doing local church pastoring for over 30 years and um loved 
every minute and we've loved every place that that's taken us. We've never been afraid of moving across the country. We started out in the Midwest and then we went to the Southeast and then we went to the Northwest and now we're back in the Southeast and, um, you know, lot, lots of newness and all of that, but that's always been okay. We've been, we've been all right with, with doing that. And primarily I just had a passion for existing churches, finding new life in the spirits, mm-hmm. uh, kind of getting out of, ruts and rhythms that were starting to um, cause damage to that church's life, congregation's life. So I just um, was always interested in that from the beginning of my ministry. Um, it, it sort of became, that's the kind of position I sought, you know, change agent, turning things around and uh, have tried to do that in every place that I've, I've been. And, um, but through that um, missional ecclesiology has really come to the forefront as just, you know, gosh darn it, the best way to do it. Yeah. Right. Um, and so of course, naturally that led me to communitas. Um, and it's led me into being sort of a champion for church planting. I've, uh, the only time I've approached church planting myself is I was a new church pastor in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Um, that wasn't technically a church plant, uh, that I was a part of from the beginning, uh, I kind of came on as their first sort of permanent pastor, but got to be a part of a lot of the uh, missional thinking and imagination that happened with that. So that experience has always stuck with me as as being seminal for the church. Yeah, I just am convicted that you can't really grow the kingdom without starting new communities. Yeah. Um, Cause that's where the good mm-hmm. stuff happens is in new communities and, and the cultural landscape for communities is constantly changing. The social landscape for communities is constantly changing. And so that means the church needs to always be creating newness uh, wherever it is. So in the Northwest, I was involved with uh, cyclical in the Northwest, which is a great church planner training yeah. um, cohort kind of program. It was an honor to be a part of the, the steering committee for that. Um, and uh, now to be working with Communitas in Scotland and this amazing program called Launch that um, I've been privileged to be a part of the planning team for that. Launch. Yeah, we will be talking a lot more about, yeah. about Launch. Good. Yeah, I know, Craig, in, in your decade or, or more um, here in the Pacific Northwest, the Coeur d'Alene area, you had a huge impact, man. I mean, you mm. you revitalized a, a church, uh, gosh, 100-year-old church, I'm guessing. It was close to 100 years old. 130, yeah. 130-year-old church. Yeah. Um, and we're so active with community development and, mm. you know, working with Chamber of Commerce and so many different things. You started so many really neat neat things here in the community that are still, that are still going. Um, Coeur d'Alene taught me so much about the importance of embedding, which of course is a, mm. you know, the, the primary step, right? It's the first step into the dynamic adventure. Yeah. Um, and I think I resonated so much with that because that was really in a nutshell, um, how I would characterize my Coeur d'Alene experience is, you know, this was a church right smack in the downtown, but it had no identity. Yeah. Um, it had no connection with um, this amazing community around it. And so working on that and and being a part of the community, uh, being kind of considered the pastor of the downtown was just such a such a cool sort of way to experience what it is to truly start to embed, to truly start to weave into a culture, do a lot of listening, do a lot of 
of um, collaboration and just really being responsive to the needs that arise. So that was a really rewarding time. Mm. Um, I also miss, I miss um, the beauty of the Inland Northwest. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Coeur d'Alene is literally one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And uh, um, the scenery was incredible. I miss it. Well, we're going to have to edit that out because we don't need anyone else moving here, right, Joyce? Okay, okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's been, it's, yes. Yeah, I don't know if you can stop it, actually, though. Yeah, the word is <laughs> out already. The yeah, word is definitely real. out, yeah, for sure. Well, well um, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I could reflect to you, Craig, like that way that you embedded really did make an impact because we moved here mm. 13, 14 years ago, and you know, you hear in circles and from friends and all the all the news that was trickling around the grapevine about First Pres was always it was a community church and it was the church mm -hmm. of downtown. And so that happened. Like I just wanted to reflect to you, that was the culture and and the community picked that up. So yeah, kudos to that you. Was, <laughs> that was sweet. Uh, that, mm -hmm. thank you for, for sharing mm -hmm. that. That means a lot. Yeah. That means yeah, a lot. That's good. That's good. Okay, so Craig, for the last, uh, it's probably been maybe over a year now, but let's talk a little yeah. bit about um, about what got you interested in this new initiative that we're calling Launch. Uh, what some of the steps have been, you know, that that, that are leading up to the launch of Launch, um, and then we yeah. can get more specific about you know the the program itself and how to be engaged in it and and all those fun details. Yeah, I, you know, it's your fault. You know, I, 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 <laughs> I think if, if this is a success, you can get a big chunk of the credit. If it's a failure, then it's your fault, frankly, because um, <laughs> you're the one that started this. You and I, um, kind of when we were in the discerning process about moving um, from Coeur d'Alene to whatever the next chapter was, you yeah. and I had a conversation and you said, you need to talk to Kevin Johnson. Yeah. So you set up uh, a, a time with you and Kevin and myself. And uh, we just started talking about what was happening in Europe uh, in a post-Christian context. I was just, you know, really intrigued by that is, wow, it, it's, it's not so much that I lament that Europe is in a post-Christian context, that I celebrate that that's causing such creativity, that that can really help the North American church, which was always my heartbeat to begin yeah. with, right? Yeah. Um, and so I thought, ooh, that sounds really good. Could it be possible that as I go into my next call, I can kind of carve out some time to start being a part of the global church. Yeah. And mm. so, um, yeah, so I entered into conversations with, between Kevin and the Scottish network of churches, um, got to know some of the great folks there, uh, got to experience their heart for um, growing the church through church planting, really um, um, spreading the kingdom of Christ throughout the UK um by starting new churches and um how there's just such a tremendous need for it mm. in in scotland that's it's just a desperate need actually yeah um and there's and there's not a lot of uh programs that are focused on multiplying church plants there's a lot of adding church plants here here and there but in terms of uh multiplying and having a lot going on at the same time that's the great thing about focusing on a training program is because you're focusing on leaders who will then go and form teams and start embedding and start initiating and 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 doing some missional experiences in their context and community will start to form. So 
you know, we can we can see that really start to expand out when you are focusing on that core leader training. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I look forward to getting more detailed in, into that. I, I'm more curious for a moment about Scotland itself. I mean, the yeah. the reports coming out of you know all of Europe, but certainly UK and, and Scotland in particular, are that the church is essentially crumbling before our eyes. Yes. Um, however, there are, have been so many studies done about you know how people are open to spirituality or or even Jesus and Christianity, and and that. Um, desire has not gone down. It's actually gone up. So we're seeing a, a dismantling, if you will, of, of maybe an historical church, but a great demand for people living in authentic community. So yeah, gosh, Jeff, you just said that really, really well. I think um, it, it is, um, you know, it is a, a picture that has some contrasts to mm. it. Um, mm. Five Less than 5% is the statistic that gets bandied about the most. That's the number of people living in Scotland who are actually practicing the Christian faith. Yeah. Well, wow. and many people are shocked by that. And and like the United States, the majority of folks will will say if you press them on religious affiliation, well, I'm Christian. Yeah. But in terms of actually um, living out a life in Christ, you know, by being engaged with a church and a community and sharing your faith with others and growing in terms of your discipleship, you know, less than 5%. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's, that's a huge decline um, pretty much since um, the world wars. That's when that decline started to happen and, and it's just accelerated. And as a result, you're seeing um, a, a lot of devastation in the more traditional mainline churches Church of Scotland and Free Church and some others, um, and a real struggle to keep up with the decline. Hmm. Uh, and less and less, as as congregations are aging, less and less ability, right. frankly, capacity to do anything about it. On the other hand, though, you're uh, I've been struck by just the incredible vitality that's happening in Scotland with churches that really have a kingdom heart and a kingdom vi vision. There's excitement, there's a sense of opportunity, um, there's a real desire to uh, try new things. You know, so many of my conversations I've had with Scottish Network churches, I'm going, gosh, I wish I could bottle this up and bring it back to my denomination, yeah. right? the Presbyterian Church USA, um, because, you know, they get it. They understand what it takes to grow the church, and mm. it's by really investing in church planting and training church planters. And yeah. giving them room and space um, to to lead these churches. So um, I, it, it's it's a both end. It really is. It's it's a pretty bleak situation what it's gotten to. But I think the future is really really bright. Yeah, yeah. I, I echo that so strongly. I, I think we find ourselves in maybe one of the most ripe seasons for. Um, reaching people with authentic community that that we yes. find through Jesus. Um, I don't know that there's ever been a better time than than right mm. now. Um, and there are so many factors we can talk about. That's another another podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so uh, you mentioned then the Scottish approach and how dedicated they are to church planting, but you mentioned in there equipping leaders and launching leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's that's kind of where the genesis of this launch 
idea came from. So tell us about how that kind of developed. I know that you've been working with a number of people, including our friend Russ Davis uh, here in Spokane. Huge um, help. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's an expert at intern <laughs> internships. I know that. So yeah. So give us a little bit of that that history. Yeah, Russ is our hero. If he's I hope he's listening to this so we can he can hear mm-hmm. that he's a hero. Um he's been a huge, huge help and, and we're gonna continue to pick his brain. Um so essentially, you know, that's exactly what launch is. It is a um uh a, a 10 month um intensive experience of really um, equipping people who are emerging church planners, who are kind of the next generation Mm. of church leaders in Scotland, to really pour into them. Um, And so we're going to start with a pilot program that begins next January, this this coming January. And that's for Scotland participants only. Mm -hmm. And um, launch, uh, in terms of its structure, is um, has some gatherings that we have with our whole group that's going through at that time. Um, there'll be a couple of retreats, one of which is a soul care retreat. The other one is focused on dynamic adventure. Um, we have some single day experiences where they do site visits for at some really creative places yeah. that are doing missional church planning. Um, and the meat of it, though, is what they'll be doing throughout the 10 months. And that is they'll be meeting as a cohort with their other participants and uh, really doing intentional work uh, on a midweek sort of check-in basis. Um, Not every single week, but most of the weeks of the 10 months. I think there's something like 23 of those gatherings altogether. And um, they will um, be working on their own spiritual life through that, holding each other accountable for that. They'll be um, discussing um, some of the topics and um, some of the things that 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 Russ has has helped us to understand in terms of the best way to do that yeah. cohorting and that that mentoring. Each participant will get a coach for right. the entire experience, uh, and then the the most important thing is is they'll be engaged in some way at a ministry site. They'll they'll be involved with a a church plant or a church plant project. Uh, it could be at their home church, uh, and that's how they came to know about launch, <laughs> or it could be with another church in the network. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that's kind of uh, the, the key piece of it, right, is that practical so that they can come back to their cohort and they can kind of develop their sense of pastoral imagination, particularly as it has to do with embedding. We're really going to challenge them to use, to, to focus on that particular element of dynamic adventure, just to kind of get themselves going yeah. uh, with it, have their own experience with it so that they can eventually um, lead a team once they've completed the program. Yeah. So that's the first step. The second step, this is what I'm kind of working on the most in the fall of 24, 2024, we will include international participants. Right. Um, and they would be full-time residency. So they'll live in Scotland for 10 months, be a part of launch, and then be engaged at a ministry site full-time. Mm-hmm. So um, that could uh, be somebody from the UK, you know, that's, uh, uh, or or anywhere in Europe. Yeah. 
we're hoping that um, Communitas staff people all over Europe and in North America will think of launch when they have somebody that's coming up through their ministry who really has the giftings uh, for leadership, but, you know, they're just really beginning their journey. We think that um, investing in them so that they can come to launch will be a great uh, investment because, um, you know, they could come back to North America after working in a post-Christian context and have just a ton of insights. The first go-round will be Scottish people, more than likely, who will remain in Scotland. Yes. But as this thing goes into its its next phase, it will will there be a combination of local Scots yes. and internationals? That's great. Yeah, they'll um, go through together. So so good. each fall, um, the goal is that each fall we would have a group of incoming international participants, um, and then a group of Scotland-based participants. The Scotland-based participants will do everything that the um, the international participants and vice versa. The difference will be that typically the Scotland participants uh, can only engage in part-time, yeah. uh, usually by, vocation, by vocational ministry, where the expectation is <clears throat> that the international students will engage full-time. Yeah. And they'll live there in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, either with a host family or we're hoping that uh, a um, conference center that's been purchased by one of the network churches yes. can be used as a place to house uh, international participants. Yeah, that's great. Now, I don't want to get too far out on, on our skis here, but I am curious. I think this question will come up. Let's say we've got an MDiv student and they've got a uh, requirement to do an internship. Could mm-hmm. could could this 10 months serve as as that expectation for the school or how, how would that look? That's our hope. We're uh, I've got some meetings set up with places like Fuller. Good. And um, uh, not uh, Fair, Fairmont or something like that. I can't remember the, uh, the name of the school, but we've got a couple of uh, meetings set up with schools because I really want to tease that out. I want to find out, you know, is does this feel like an internship to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but I w- I'm going to guess, though, that we would more be looking for folks that are kind of in seminary uh, yeah. or are have completed their undergrad. Yes. Um, because this is a pretty serious commitment. Um, yeah. And we are uh, really intentional about training people who are really wanting to explore their call to church planning. Right. Um, okay. So let's say a North American um, decides to participate and is selected to participate through the application process. Right. Um, when they're finished, I mean, now that they've had this cross-cultural experience, they might just say, man, I'm staying in Europe. Or you know, or I'm staying in Scotland. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and that 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 could it could be just sort of that first sort of stepping out into that cross cultural ministry for them, right? And um, yeah, that could lead to going really anywhere. That's I think the value of really seeing this not just for Scotland, but as an internet as a regional training center for international participants. You know, the the impact is going to be all over Europe back in North America and who else, who knows where else. So that's one of the cool things about doing this way is you can really make a much broader impact. Yeah, that's right. 
I, and I know that people internally to Communitas have already expressed interest in this, and we've already we've mm -hmm. already got a bit of a list started of folks that might, that might be participating yes. in that first international cohort. So that's, that's right. That's yeah, wonderful. But we need more. We need more. We're hoping to start with at least eight. At least eight. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and we really want to recruit those folks now, uh, between this month and and to November. Uh, because they're going to need time to make their preparations to right. be in Scotland for at least 10 months. Yeah. And um, then they'll also need to raise their support. So this That's is right. a support raising venture. Uh, and they would we would want them to have a team of partners behind them, um, supporting them in this. Um, and so uh, it'll take time to put that together. Mm -hmm. So that they're ready to go um, September or October 2015, 20, uh, 2024. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. That's, that's really, really wonderful. This is such a great idea. And I know that, you know, we've been dreaming about this. I know Kevin has for, for quite some time. Uh, why, why haven't we done this earlier or somebody done something <laughs> like it earlier and where can we go with it? Cause th this oh, is an my. idea that can go well beyond near Edinburgh or Pitlockery, Scotland. Well, it has the potential to really transform Communitas's global impact because if we find a workable model for having this kind of training program or even like a training center, right? Yeah. In in Scotland, and it feels like it's reproducible, then pretty much anywhere in the world you're looking for a place where church planting is desperately needed. There's a paucity of of good programs, particularly missional church planning programs. And there's a network of churches that you can partner with. So if, if, if those ingredients are in place, then we could do something similar that we're trying to do in Scotland in any place in the world. And, and I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. We've got so much <laughs> to learn yeah. in Scotland. Um, we, we haven't even done our first group yet, but it, it is, exciting vision to think that if this does um, seem to click with folks and they feel like it's it's a really positive and fruitful experience for them you know why not you know start another one in um, a couple of years yeah. in another part of the world uh, and then and then another one um, so uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to being a part of of that that's that's a real um, uh, that's a real carrot for me. That is so Craig, exciting. Craig, I'm wondering if you could describe um, what it means to you when you say a missional church planning context. I know a lot of our listeners yeah. immediately understand it, but some, it might be the first time they've heard that phrase or those words strung together. So what might that maybe look like practically on the ground? Yeah, um, it, very simply, uh, missional church planning is instead of dropping a church in a neighborhood, you are embedding a community of faith in that neighborhood. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, it is it is the missionary mentality of coming into a place, having a dialogue with the culture, <clears throat> uh, looking for entry points for initiating ministry um, and forming, you know, relationships of trust. Mm -hmm. At its best, that's the missionary task. And uh, I think it's the best way to plant new churches mm -hmm. um, as opposed to just 
you know, selecting a place because it has a lot of growth and saying, we're going to drop a church here, bring a pastor in from the outside and, you know, invest a lot of money and buy a building and stuff like that. The challenge of that model, which is so prevalent in North America, is it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And what happens when something is really expensive is it becomes the focus. Um, so as a result, church plants in the U.S., because they feel like they have to get really big really fast, um, there's a ton of pressure to keep up the attractional level. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you got to keep people on the hook because otherwise you're not going to be able to afford all this stuff. Yeah. And so that shifts the focus away from discipleship and from really being embedded in a community. Mm -hmm. um, because if you're trying to get as many people as possible, you're not thinking about your neighborhood. You're thinking about a, a region, right, mm -hmm. of people that you can draw from. Um, and so that local aspect of being the church really gets lost. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, you know, missional church planting under those terms seems to me like the healthiest way of creating the experience of church. And I think it's what the Holy Spirit has all along been wanting us to do. Mm -hmm. I love how you how you just described all of that. And, and I would I would add to it just for clarity that that is not just a quote unquote method for taking people from one culture and planting them in another culture. This is exactly what we did when we launched Cairo here in Coeur d'Alene. I, I had been a resident here for 12 years by that point. So like, this is my home. I thought I knew it. And I mean, I did know it, but not nearly as well as I do now. Yeah. Um, because we, we took those steps and we, and we embedded here in our culture uh, it was Russ Davis. This is a fun little story. Uh, he was helping us exegete Coeur d'Alene. It's like, Russ, mm. you don't live here. You live in Spokane. You don't know how to exegete my town. And so anyway, he came over with our our, our team. And one of the first things he said was, uh, just kind of interviewing us before we went out for a few days, he said, what's it like to take the bus in Coeur d'Alene? And nobody on our team had ever taken the bus no. in Coeur d'Alene. No. Well, Okay, I have no idea what it's like to take the bus in quarter. I do now, <laughs> right? But little things like that that you just don't think of that you 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 may know a portion of your community, but you really don't know your community in depth. Correct. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's 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 so cool. I'm so glad that yeah. you uh, I'm so glad you asked that question, Joy, because that's kind of at the heart and soul of our approach, you know, communitas right. to mm -hmm. um, how we engage uh, both with people being sent and uh, with locals, hyper locals, mm -hmm. like I like to call them. So, yeah, um, we talked about this a little bit, Craig. I, I'm thinking of like um, your primary targets or of people mm -hmm. who would uh, engage in this 10 month long situation. You said, um, you know, probably people with an undergrad, maybe they're doing some um, graduate work. Uh, who else though? I mean, you know, I, I kind of did a, a mid-career shift in my thirties. Mm. Would, would people like that be folks that could protect? Oh, for us? sure. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I, I think the umbrella term is next generation leaders. Yeah. 
and and generation doesn't necessarily have to do with age. It's right. it's about I think mentality, you know, really wanting to be a part of reimagining and and rethinking what church is all about and what church planning is all about. So, um, you know, we're thinking about anybody, um, really at any any place in the world that um, is is really starting to explore that. And so, you know, I want to put launch in front of uh, pastors and church planters and church planter networks and schools that have a church planting track yeah. and just say, you know, for the, the folks that really are seeming to, to, to gel with this vision, send them to us. We'll train them up and, and send them back to you. Yeah. Uh, more than likely, but they'd be able to have their experience in a genuinely post-Christian context um, and kind of see how that unleashes a lot of, of creativity that we wouldn't maybe feel such an urgency about, you mm -hmm. know, in, in places like the United States. So um, uh, I, I think um, those could be, you know, folks that are maybe taking a gap year between college and uh, graduate studies. It could be those that have just graduated out of their graduate studies. Um, this is definitely an experience that would be hard to take a young family to, yeah. not impossible at all, yeah. but it would, yeah. you know, it, it's a 10 month stop off, uh, right. most likely. So that's a challenge uh, that we're aware of. Um, and um, yeah, I just think, um, uh, we want to kind of put ourselves in front of anybody that's being discerned by their church family or by their support network that they're a next generation leader and are looking for kind of an immersive experience over a short period of time that will really equip them to do exactly that. Yeah, great. And great. that could be that could be second generation people. It could be bi vocational people. Right. That's primarily who we're probably going to be reaching in Scotland or by vocational folks. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. It's somebody that's, you know, just at that stage of life, you know, can can be able to be a part of just an amazing experience. Yeah. Wow. That is just that's so good. I am so pleased to see the energy behind this and the passion mm -hmm. that you bring to it. And uh, man, I I've, this has been a a dream for, I know us in Communitas for a real long time. So grateful for um, your participation and helping this get going. I'm just privileged. I get to be a part of it. I, I you know, I'm so new to Communitas still. Uh, most people know uh, my last name because my wife has it and she's the HR manager for Communitas. So yeah. it's been actually kind of cool to have the shoe on the other foot. You know, she's been following me around, you know, from church to church to church all over yeah. the country. And now I'm following her into something and she's <laughs> definitely more well-known than I am. Yeah. And so, uh, I, and I love it. I think it's, it's great. I'm so proud of her and the work that she's doing. Um, it's fascinating to see her, um, learn how to do that very important detail oriented yes. task. I, it's totally above my head, yeah. uh, way outside my pay grade. It's, it's, it's really difficult detaily work, but it's, uh, really, really important work. And so um, just to be able to um, have this opportunity to engage in a Communitas project like Launch has just felt like a complete honor. And it really um, adds a whole new dimension to my life, you know, where mm -hmm. um, I can 
you know, be a part of the local church, but also be a part of the global church. And it's right. brought me incredible joy. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Right on. Yeah. So Lynn, a great addition to our team in Communitas is managing HR, which mm -hmm. is a, a big job for a organization that's, you know, got presence in over 30 countries across the world and everybody's got their own little nuance. So yeah, she's really good at keeping confidence confidences. So I don't I don't know the details at all. But you know, she'll talk to me about some of the tasks that she's doing. Sure. And yeah, I'll just yeah. be like, oh my gosh, I I could never do HR. That is <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is just all the steps and the procedures and stuff like that. But she's mastering it and I'm I'm super proud of her. <laughs> right on. Hey, I have just another question for conversation here. And Joy and I talk about this a lot. Um and and it's been mentioned on the podcast too, but uh, from your perspective, we have kind of been using two terms interchangeably here. Uh, one is community of faith, right? Yeah. And the other is church. Um, of course, the, the vision and mission of Communitas is starting and shaping communities of faith that love like mm -hmm. Jesus in their neighborhood for the yeah. sake of transformed lives, transformed neighborhoods, transformed world. Um, we very intentionally chose communities of faith because of some of the misconception, especially in North America or in the West, of the word church itself. Now, in a post-Christian yes. place, you know, church is the museum on the building that used to host services 400 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, in North America, church is what kind of what you described a little bit earlier, um, you know, looking to get a large crowd kind of a thing. So, um we were very intentional, but we also don't want to throw away the word church. And I think what we're trying to do is kind of recapture it in its original intent and meaning. Mm. Um, but what how would what would you say to that, Craig? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, it, you know, it's 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 been interesting at this stage of my life, you know, sort of adjusting my vocabulary. Yeah, you know, I grew, you know, I grew up. And I came into ministry and established denominational church. Yeah. And um, uh, so that's always been my language for a community of faith is it's a church. Um, I, I think there's a wariness about that term, which is justified. And yeah. unfortunately, we've earned it, yeah. which is the church is about institution, church is about uh, protecting um, and organization churches uh, about even these days a political uh, mm -hmm. point of view, mm -hmm. a partisan point of view. Uh, churches about what they're against or who they won't accept, as opposed mm. to who they will, mm. <clears throat> uh, by the grace of God. So, yeah, there's some baggage attached to church. However, I'm like you. I I would much prefer to to. Um, through these church plants and even through my own local church ministry is for people to go, Oh, that's what the church is all about. Mm. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's not about what I'm seeing over here. That's something else. They're mm. calling themselves a church, but in terms of what Jesus meant when he called the disciples to be the church, um, I, I'd love it for people to say that I, I see that. And I see that in that body. I see that in that group mm. of of people. They are a community of faith, but it's so much more than that. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, they're a community of faith, but also a community of action. They're a community of love. They're a 
uh, a community of prayer. They're uh, a community of advocacy and um, justice. It's you know they're a community of all of these things. Um, it's almost too narrow to just say they're a, a, a community of of faith or a community of worship, even though those things are very important. Um, they can just feel like okay, it's just about people being spiritual. No, it's so much more than that. Yeah, uh, it's about being engaged with God's world and continuing the mission that Jesus inaugurated hmm. um, and then passed on to to all of the disciples since. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. Thank you for answering it that way. That was that was profound. Really appreciate that. Joy, do you have any other questions for Craig before we wrap up? I think the only other thing that's going through my mind is just a reflection that what I hear in launch is a really reciprocal opportunity where these individuals are going to be there and helping and being the hands and feet of Jesus, but they're also going to be receiving as much themselves in terms of training and experience and opportunities. And so it's just neat to see that that direction is going to go back and forth. Like it's not going to just be ministering to the individuals that are in the area where the interns are, but they're going to really be ministered to as well in this setting oh, yeah. environment. So that's just beautiful. Yeah. Our goal is, is that, uh, that any participant in launch will emerge from the experience, knowing what it means to be a, um, a humble, um, spiritually and inwardly strong and resilient and healthy leader. Mm. Um, the, the, the term where we find we're using, this is a, uh, a term that the Scottish network uses is non-heroic mm. leaders. Mm. Um, and one of the great things about dynamic adventure and what Communitas tries to do is it's not about the, the, the person, the charismatic person who starts a church. It's about the team. Uh, and the the community approach to uh, leadership in the church. So we're really wanting these folks to um, be ready to facilitate a collaborative effort. Uh, the only way you can do that is by having a, a dose of humility and really a proper, I think, understanding of the biblical model for um, leadership. Yeah, but that's a that's a good point and a good observation. I'm glad you brought it up because that that really does speak to joy or the you know what we hope our product is, right? Mm -hmm. To use that term. Yeah. You know, what's the product of launch? Well, it's that kind of leader mm -hmm. who is fired up to get started mm -hmm. and ready to get started. Right. Wow, good stuff. So, Craig, we'll have some more information in the show notes, but for people who are listening who may have interest in launch, uh, might have questions or maybe even want to apply, what 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 does that all look like? LaunchScotland.org. So put LaunchInScotlandTogether.org, and that will take you to Launch's website, and there is an application for both Scotland participants and international participants. Uh, I would say keep going back to that because we are adding more detail as time goes on, particularly about cost. We're we're wanting to nail down, okay, what would it cost for an international participant to, to go through this? We're getting closer to sharing that. Our goal is by the 1st of September, we have all that information in place and we'll begin our recruiting push 
in, um, in earnest at that time. Great. Yeah, Great. so launchscotland.org is the best place. And we're working to try to get links uh, at the Communitas website as well. Uh, that I don't think has happened yet, but but that'll happen soon. Yeah, very soon. It's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, so exciting. So appreciative of your work on this project and what it means, uh, certainly internally for us, but really what it means for the next generation of church. So, man, much appreciated, my friend. You bet. It was awesome. If people want to so get much. a hold of you, Craig, um, to, to either explore some of the themes we've talked about or, or other questions they might have, is there a way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, get in a bus, head south, come see me in Orlando. Um, <laughs> I'll take you out to... I'll take you out to coffee we'll, or a beer, whatever you're in the mood for. We'll talk it over. No, I mean, um, folks can, uh, I do have, uh, I'm a, I'm a Communitas staff person. So I do have a Communitas e email. I think it's Craig.Sumi. So pretty easy. Uh, yeah. C-R-A-I-G dot S-U-M-E-Y. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. I'd, I, even if you have some thoughts about some input about how this could be even better from your experience. We'd love that information. Have you worked with interns, you know, over a, um, a, a extended period of time, say 10 months or a year? What have you learned about the rhythms of that experience and, and some of the things that they go through? Right? We, we would love to have that information. So uh, please share. Good, 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 good. I know there are some folks internal to Communitas that have experience mm -hmm. in that, that you are talking to or will be. So that's, that's really yeah. good too. That's really good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Craig, thank you so much for your, your time and your friendship over the years. And it is just so fun to be on the journey together. You bet. You yeah. bet. All right. Hey, Thanks, bless Jeff. you. I really appreciate it. Joy, good to spend time with you. You too. Thank you for chatting and sharing. It's just an inspiring vision. Excited. Yeah. yeah. May it be blessed as it goes forward. Awesome. Well, you have been listening to another episode of the Communitas podcast. Uh, if you have liked this episode, we encourage you to share it with others, uh, pass it along, or even subscribe uh, to our podcast available on all the major podcast platforms, and you will be notified every time a new episode becomes available. So thank you for listening, folks, and we'll see you again soon on the Communitas podcast. <laughs>